Hello, everyone, and welcome back to How I Met Your Podcast from Uncle Recaps. Tonight's episode, season one, episode 15, Game Night. And a happy holidays and happy new year to you, Jen. Same to you, Steve. Happy new year, everyone. We had a great holiday. We were in Erie forever. We did have one Uno night over Christmas. <laughs> we... And a chicka pig night. <laughs> uh, when we get to complicated games, I want to get into dose a little bit, but we'll wait until we get to that part in the show here. Yeah, dose is tricky. <laughs> if anybody has a <laughs> quick tutorial of how that game actually works, please send it our way. Okay, and Jen's feeling a little under the weather, so we'll end, end up probably editing out some pauses to for drinks of water and such. But we are excited. Go ahead. I was going to say, excuse my stuffy voice. Yeah, that too. It's not a sexy, scratchy voice like Phoebe on that Friends <laughs> where she's saying my, sick, my sticky shoes. No, it's not that. We're really excited to be podcasting about game night. We love this episode. It's awesome. I was very excited to watch it again. Before we get into it, I have to make a confession that I got something wrong. And as everyone knows, my best quality is I admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> True story. Even our dog just made a noise about that. <laughs> noise of derision. But I made a claim that on Beverly Hills 90210, there was a horse named Windjammer. <laughs> and I was incorrect. Someone made a reference to this the other day on a podcast, but the, the horse's name was actually Shadowcaster. Shadowcaster? That's a terrible name for a horse. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Windjammer's even, I, way better. I don't even know what shadow caster means. Well, I guess it's someone that casts a shadow, but he has a horse. Maybe it's saying it's big, so it casts a big shadow. I don't know. Yeah, Ted's much better at naming horses than whoever named that one. Than the rich woman that had a ranch that Dylan almost lived on to, yeah. work, to work shadow caster. But I'm glad that I discovered this before any of our listeners did, and just goes to show that none of our listeners share a, a, a joy or love for 90210 like I do. <laughs> Nobody loves 90210 like you do. There's people. Okay. Well, we start off the show. You, should we jump in? I think so. Yeah. Okay. We start off the show. Oh, before I get into that, <laughs> one more thing. I have this ranked number 47, which Ooh. is the highest ranked show that we've covered so far. 47? I can't believe it's not top 20. Why do I feel like you said that last time we, the first time we did this recording? Probably or, because my feelings haven't changed. Oh, you know what? You said that about, that's the exact same thing you said about Return of the Shirt. You go, because it was like 49, oh, yeah. and you're like, 49? Can't believe it's not top 20. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one definitely even more so than Return of the Shirt. Yeah, I don't know either. I think probably because there were some, there were some really great, great scenes, but there was also kind of sort of some lulls. I think, where I went a while without, you know, cracking up. The, the, the highs are extremely high in this one, and there's not many lows, but the, there's a lot of just kind of normal set scenes. I love it all. We start off with kids. Marshall's always been good at games. And then we go through a montage of him yelling out winning games like gin, Yahtzee, <laughs> poker. <laughs> He really seems to enjoy the shouting out the win part, most of all. I mean, who doesn't love a win? <laughs> you don't have to yell out poker. <laughs> Marshall's so good at the games that they ended up asking him to run them, which he took to mean inventing a game called Marsh Gammon. 
And now, is this the only game he's made up? I I took that to mean that he's just, like makes up games a lot. I don't remember them making any reference that he makes up a number of games. Maybe just this one, or maybe they were saying there were a lot of games, and this is the only one they're showing. I feel like there's an episode in the future where it's like Marsh or Lily's birthday, and yeah. there's a game that he invents for that. Gilding the Lily. Yeah. And then isn't there a game like the Who Wants to Be a Godparent? You're right. So, I'm trying to think I, if there's anything else I can. I'll, think I'll of. borrow a phrase from Jen. Stands to reason. <laughs> but anyway, so this in this particular evening, the game is Marsh Gammon. He takes pieces of. He takes pieces of Candyland. I never Pictionary, but not backgammon. He hates backgammon. Backgammon sucks. This is one of the few jokes I didn't like. I. It, I don't know why, but him disliking backgammon, but having it in the name. Yeah, it was, you know, a little too cute for its own good. Yeah, it was a setup to a joke, so that's fine. I just didn't think it was a great one. But moving on, they're at McLaren's. He's talking about the game, and Lily is excited that Victoria's coming tonight. As soon as she says she says that name, you can see Robin's face. Mm-hmm. Robin leaves the table, yeah. looking sad. And She's not hiding her crush very well. No, there's actually several scenes in this show where... Every time either Victoria's speaking, being spoken to, or about, Robin's face just goes dark. Mm-hmm. So they really had her lean into this. Yeah, and we see this more, is it next episode? Yeah, next episode, too, where Robin just can't even hide her disdain for Victoria. That's where it peaks, sure. Ted lays down some rules about game night. Barney, you know, don't, don't say anything. Yeah, Barney's not allowed to talk. Barney, it doesn't seem like this is something that would bother Barney. Barney makes a face, and it doesn't seem like that big a face. But based on what he does from here on out, it's clear that that bugged him. You know, and Barney just... You can't tell Barney not to do something, because Barney's going to... Barney? Yeah, Barney's going to Barney. He's going to automatically you know, want to do the thing you just told him not to do. He's, you know, Tracy Jordan. <laughs> Jack tells him he can do anything except dog fighting. So he, <laughs> so. he gets those little tiny dogs. Well, his friends do. <laughs> his his crew does. That was a great scene. Right. So, yeah, I think I, I know why Ted said that he, you know, wasn't allowed to talk, but he should have known better. Barney wasn't ever going to listen to that. You're not my real dad. <laughs> Ted mentions not to, or Ted asked them, to not mention anything about his past with Robin. And why would they? Like, that? this doesn't make any sense. And maybe, it, you know, it's been a while since I've been in a new relationship, but is it common that you tell your new significant other, like, hey, I had a really big crush on this person, and we didn't actually date, but like, just seems like a weird thing for him to tell her anyway or th- they, for his friends to tell her I think because the relationship that him and Robin had was so short there really wasn't much to it that it would have been okay for him to tell Victoria that oh by the way I did go out on one date with Robin she was actually going to come with me to the wedding eh, now that you get into the wedding stuff never mind Yeah, I, I'd say it's be- best left unsaid until you know whether or not their relationship's going anywhere and you're asking should the friends no already not to say anything yeah but barney's the type of person that would let something slip oh yeah for sure but this definitely went 
<laughs> the wrong way for Ted. <laughs> and Barney finds it interesting and insulting that Ted has kept this this story from Victoria, and he has a funny little bit about calling the leg warehouse. <laughs> yeah. I like that line. It's funny. Barney thinks Victoria has a right to know about the re-return. Everyone wants to know what the re-return is. Even we don't know what it is as of yet. Yep, at this point, yeah, Barney's the only one. Marshall and Lily don't know. They obviously want to know. And then Ted asks them also not to dig up dirt while they're all with Victoria and trying to interrogate her like being the parents that he... (laughs) He still has and moved here to get away from. Right. I like that line. We're at their apartment... Marshall is explaining the Marsh Gammon rules. I like this part because it's just all over the place. It's really just gibberish. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to, did you buy Dose or did was that a gift? No, I bought Dose. Tyler wanted it. We saw it when we were making his Christmas list. It came up like on Amazon or something, so he put it on the list. So Dose is like the follow-up game to Uno. We play a lot of Uno around this house because we have a a boy that just turned six, and that's about as complicated a game as he can understand. Well, Dose has about 50 rules. Dose is super complicated. So we're reading through the rules, and I'm starting to get it, but then there's a couple rules where it just doesn't clarify, okay, what happens in this situation? It just doesn't cover all situations. Yeah, the instructions are bad. And so I, I could watch someone explain the rules or run through like a hand of it, on YouTube or something. I just haven't done it yet, but it's going to require that. Or I could maybe just Google the question about dose, but maybe. one way or the other. <laughs> I, when I was rewatching this scene about him giving out the rules to Marsh Gammon, it was really making me think of dose. <laughs> and I was trying and to our frustration with it. Marshall's also wearing, wearing what I, I think Gentix is a cool sweater. I thought it was a little weird with a dog on the breast. I do like that dog sweater. So I didn't write down the rules, but my favorite part of the was that you can't say what you get the little was it the taboo buzzer? Yeah, that sort of creates a nice quick pace pacing to the the plane of the game and the mm-hmm. way the rest of the show goes, and it pops up unexpectedly. Yeah, Victoria gets to go first, and she rolls a three, and Marshall says, "Oh, that's autobiography. You have to tell something personal about your dating life." <laughs> So, you know, my question is, was that already what three was supposed to be? Or is he just kind of making this up as oh, it no, goes along? Oh, no, he's definitely making it up because later Robin rolls the five and he's like, oh, autobiography to the player to your left. And, and Lily's not th- in that right, spot I was just anymore. Thinking that. And yeah, no, he's definitely just making it up. But then Barney gets some of it and it turns out <laughs> Ted was winning. So it's a little bit conflicting in kind of the follow up to those things. But I, I agree with you. I think he was just kind of making it up as it went along. Everything seemed to point back to Victoria. Oh, yeah. And no, when, it was his way of getting all the dirt without making it seem like he's just asking the questions. And as he starts asking this question, this is a scene where they show Robin. Mm-hmm. And Robin sort of has this really down look on her face as they're even just asking the question of Victoria. The question is, has she ever cheated? And Marshall's like, and apparently that's supposed to be the the question on the card. <laughs> and it was, wow. And then he says to him, he says out loud, wow, good question. Because <laughs> he didn't know what was coming. And then Ted kind of objects, and Marshall's response is, well, she's the one that rolled a three. And she talks about some crappy college relationship where she made out with somebody else. 
Barney asks her if she's ever re-returned. Oh, no, but you skipped my... And I like this line from Marshall. <laughs> Victoria, that was an honest and mature answer. You may advance to the Gumdrop Mountains. <laughs> Barney then asks, like I said, about the re-return. And she says, what? Buzz, Buzz. drank. <laughs> That's our first one. And Lily mentions to Barney that she went to this party and the host said that she knew him, and what was her name? Sharon, Shannon. Shannon. And we get Barney really... He reacts to this. Yeah, really not handling this well. And she even said where the party was, like what the intersection was. So we kind of... I was always thinking, how did he track her down? But I forgot that she actually right. mentions what the address was. And then he maybe just went and looked and saw her name on, the, on right. one of the mailboxes. Yeah, he tries to play it cool and... Then Lily mentions, oh, yeah, and she gave me a tape to give to you. A videotape. She brings it out. <clears throat> freaks out again and then, again, tries to play it cool, which just great acting by NPH here. Agreed. Robin rolls a five, and that's where it becomes the... Uh, Autobiography for the player to your left. Right. Which is Victoria. And I'm sure if Lily was there, he would have said two players to your left. Right. And he asked her how many boyfriends she's had. Before you started dating Ted. <laughs> oh, that's right. And Ted goes, the card actually says Ted? <laughs> this is a great scene. It's, and this is a great scene, and it doesn't even come close to the best scenes in this show. Right. Right. No, this whole thing is wonderful. <laughs> so it's, Victoria says two, and Robin shouts out, prude alert. Ugh, Robin's the worst. I just want to punch her in the face right here. <laughs> and she goes, well, there's a lot of other guys in between. Slut alert. <laughs> she is bad, but it's funny. No, it's definitely funny. It was just like, Robin, come on. Just, okay? Yeah, and she gets, like you said, she gets worse next week. Right. Don't touch me. <laughs> Lily walks in with the tape. Barney grabs it and sort of smashes it and, you know, pulls out all the ribbon off screen. You can kind of see it from, the, you, can, you can see it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just like casually walks in. Oh, Robin landed on the chocolate swamp. That's five chips for me. Which would now make you think that the rules are real. <laughs> right. And Marshall's I mean, really excited that he understands what's going on. Now, I guess that would fit with what the rules Marshall was laying out as they were getting started. Maybe Barney was kind of capturing all that. I mean, Barney's really good at stuff. That, what was that casino game? And yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even want to try and remember what it was called. But, <laughs> but I feel like that one was really complicated, too. That had a million too. weird rules. <laughs> and he was good and at And it was that. in a different language. Turns out Lily gave him a fake tape. And then he says, what? Buzz, drink. It was Ted's graduation <laughs> <Yeah>. tape. <laughs> I, don't know, I guess it must have been high school since otherwise they would have said our graduation tape. Yeah, I guess that's true. Why would you want your graduation tape from high school? I can't think of a reason. I, I guess maybe if it like chronicles your night as it goes along. But not like you walk across the, the stage. Yeah. It's so dull. It sounds like something Ted would actually have, though. I think, you know, I'll get emotional when Tyler graduates from high school, but I think that would be one minute within two hours of the most boring time of my life. Oh, yeah. I mean, hopefully by then there's some, like, good technology where we can just, like, have hidden headphones in our ears for all the time that it's not him walking across the stage. Or we can just have our regular earbuds in and listening to classic... How I Met Your Podcast episodes. Aw, they'll be so vintage by then. (laughs) 
oh, we hit a, a new milestone. We have over 200 listeners now. Yeah, I was looking at that. So we're using Chartable to track everything. And I thought it was overall, but now it's saying 60 days. So now I'm confused. Okay. So, no, I mean, 200 is still really exciting. Um, but I just, it, it doesn't seem like there's a way to actually track how many since we launched, which was closer to four months ago, three and a half-ish. So, but no, 200 is exciting. We're close to 500 downloads in 60 days, which is also exciting. I feel so powerful. <laughs> so yay to all of you. Thanks for listening. We really, really appreciate it. They go ahead and against Barney's initial objections, they put the tape in, and it's Barney looking kind of like a coffee house hippie with long hair and ridiculous facial hair and crying and begging to get Shannon back. And a <laughs> vest and a weird necklace. It's just... just I assume most people have seen this episode that are listening to this podcast, but if for some reason you haven't, just picture the antithesis of what Barney looks like all the time. And he's singing about a rainbow and an eagle. <laughs> and a tempest of woe. And then suddenly the song goes up-tempo. <laughs> and he's getting, it gets exciting with a thief in the palace, which is clearly, we'll, we'll find out who that is and what that's about soon. Oh my god, it's, <laughs> it's just the best. <laughs> Yeah, it works so well because of, like you said, it's the opposite of what Barney is now. This, you couldn't have predicted that this was what was <laughs> going to show up. <laughs> right. His backstory is one of the best. Yeah, well, I guess at this point we don't really know any backstory about Barney, do we? You could have, guess, you could have almost guessed he was from Cincinnati since that's what he brought up with the Iggy shuffle. Right. He was trying to get Robin to do things on camera. And we'll eventually find out that he grew up in Staten Island. Right. Yeah, we learn a lot about you know his childhood moving forward, but I think up until this point, we really didn't know anything about his history at all. Yeah, I want to say his history brings out the most laughs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they try... And, you know, College Marshall, College Lily, College Ted, definitely all have their Oh, you're right, it's all moments. just so good. <laughs> But, I mean, I, I still think they all pale in comparison to <laughs> post-graduate Barney. Yeah, he obviously went through the biggest transformation out mm-hmm. of all of them. Okay, Barney grabs the tape, walks out, nay, storms out. Indeed. We're at McLaren's. The gang's already sitting in their booth when Barney walks up. And they sort of, you know, try and comfort him at first, but then they start laughing about the tape. And <laughs> then they have to stop him from leaving and... He, out of this, as Marshall's trying to comfort him, he gets Marshall to tell his most embarrassing story. So Barney kind of turns it around on him. Oh, yeah, Marshall, what if everyone heard your most embarrassing story? And I didn't find, out of all the things in this episode, I didn't find Marshall's story all that good. No, no, it was definitely the weakest one. And I noticed for the very first time that... So Marshall's story, just to remind folks that didn't just rewatch this, is that he was in Lily's classroom, I think maybe reading to the class or something. I'm oh, not sure. It just says he just showed up to say hi to them or something because then he, he was in there. <laughs> then he went in to use their bathroom, the those <laughs> kindergarten potties, as we Jen and I have just learned, are very, very close to the ground. And tiny. so instead of trying to hit that tiny target, he sits down on it, and then a kid from another class walks in. He, before even pulling his pants up, runs out back into Lily's class, falls down. And I did notice, although his pants are supposed to be down, 
that you can catch it, at least in the Hulu version, that his pants are still up when he falls into the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was sort of a bad editing job. I'm not sure if it's in the TV version or not. And then the kids are all laughing at him and nicknamed him Funny Butt. Which, you know, I mean, they're kindergartners, but that's a pretty weak nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Those kids suck. <laughs> Did you see the pictures? Did you see the pictures they drew? <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Another rainbow. <laughs> okay. So from this story, Barney begins his background story. He wasn't as awesome as he is today. And he's going back to 1998, where he just got out of college, which pretty much makes him my age. And I don't think, I feel like the rest of the gang aren't that old. I wonder if he's a little older than the rest of them. Yeah, I wonder. We'll have to pay attention to when it says they're in college. So he was actually working at a coffee house, and he's <laughs> Jules, you were meant for me. On a ah. keyboard. <laughs> Does anything say late 90s more than <laughs> you were meant for me? And he's sort of in Phoebe's spot, <laughs> if, she, if this was Friends. I wonder if that was an homage to Phoebe. Interesting. And his look, and this is, I can say this very confidently because I was in college in the late 90s. There are, I was on a fairly conservative campus, and it was littered with these guys. With the long, really? with, yeah, with the, <laughs> the ponytail pulled back into, or a long hair pulled back into a ponytail, and really scarce facial hair. And they were the nicest guys in the world, but because I came from kind of a more in-your-face background, they're sort of peace brother, which would, would trigger me a little bit. <laughs> but no, I, 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 some of them were friends, and they were great guys, but this was a real type. There was a good movie by Cameron Crowe in the 90s called uh, Singles, and they referred to this type as the sensitive ponytail man. <laughs> it was one of the characters in the movie. Nice. Okay. So after he's done singing, he goes back to the get behind the the register, and we meet Shannon, who's played by Katie Walder, and she pops up uh, maybe not as much now, but she pops up in a lot of things in the two thousands. I saw her on I remember seeing her on Rules of Engagement. She was on The Good Wife, uh, uh, you know, in spots. She's on a couple episodes of New Adventures of Old Christine, Franklin and Bash. New girl. Really? So she's, made, she's had a lot of walk-on. She was on a Mad Men. Huh. I cannot recall ever seeing her. She's c- kind of cute, but she has... They, you couldn't really see it in this episode, but she has very elvish ears. Elfish ears. I could see that. They were almost kind of tucked into like the, the hairstyle she was doing here, but they, they always really stand out to me. They're kind of cute, actually. <laughs> okay. So he's talking about there's only five weeks left till they join the Peace Corps and go to Nicaragua. And I like how she says it's going to be legendary, <laughs> yeah. which could be the, the... Yeah, so this might have been the genesis of the word legendary. And, yeah, you, they were talking about the Peace Corps. And I like how when he refers to it, he always goes, Nicaragua. <laughs> so they're being all lovey-dovey and, you know, a guy comes up to the register, you know, all brusque, ordering his coffee. In a business suit. He wants a non-fat latte to go. And I don't know why Barney says, mellow order, bro. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't feel like it's all that mellow. And so they get into a little bit of a back and forth of, you know, the guy being... Uh, let me, let me, I, I, I took a lot of notes on that. Oh, okay, so go for it. First of all, he, he's like... Is that your G-friend? Referring to Shannon. 
<laughs> now, this show goes a long way to have guys that are bro-like uh, abbreviate a lot of words. We get it, mm-hmm. it peaks when Brad shows up. Oh yeah, in later seasons. But I've never heard anyone refer to a girlfriend as a G friend. But it was supposed to sound sort of like a hip abbreviation for girlfriend. Then the guy asks Barney for a high five. And Barney, I love this line, goes, sorry, I only give high twos. Flash is a peace sign. I actually had a chance to <laughs> say that to somebody the other day, but they didn't, it didn't land. Did you do it when we were in Guatemala? Maybe. <laughs> Why do you remember me doing it there? I don't know. For some reason, I feel like you did. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. And then Barney gives him sort of a, women aren't objects. Oh, because he said, you know, are you hitting that? Women aren't objects uh, comes from Barney, and he says, besides, we're waiting till marriage. Here, you can read it in my zine, which I've, <laughs> I've never heard anything called a zine before, I assume. Oh, really? They didn't have zines when you were in college? What is? No. I think it was the, you know, kind of like the precursor to a blog that, you know, you know, it's a magazine, but... Maybe cooler. I don't know. It was definitely like before. It's like his own newsletter, essentially. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not well versed in this clearly, but I think maybe people would put them together, together. Like it wouldn't just be one person scene. Like it would be kind of like a, a genre thing, maybe. I don't know. I might be just completely making this up. I feel like I know less now than before you started. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. I pretty much had it. A zine is a small circulation, self-published work of original or appropriated texts and images, usually reproduced via photocopier. Zines are the product of either a single person or of a very small group and are popularly photocopied into physical prints for circulation. Okay. So, kind of like a very early precursor to a blog. Yeah. And I have to say, just... (laughs) I, you know, after I watch an episode, I usually will, you know, do a quick Google search of the episode just to see if there's anything interesting, any fun facts, you know, trivia, whatever. And I notice on this one site that it actually links to, quote unquote, Barney's blog. And apparently during the run of the show, I don't know how I missed this, like they actually had like a blog running on CBS that was Barney's blog. Is it still all there? Mm hmm. Oh, I need to read that. Yeah. So I read, a, I read, you know, this week's and then like last week's. <laughs> is it for every week? Do they have... I didn't they, look... They don't have 200 blog posts instead. There might be. I mean, the one that I looked at for this week's episode, like, we're on episode 15, and I think it said it was, like, you know, blog post number 20. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know how we've missed this, so that could be a fun <laughs> thing to dig into. Now I have something forward. to do when I take breaks at work. Yep. Well, back to the scene, the business guy, you know, says, open up your ear holes, or so I can't... I didn't write it all down, but look, you get money, you get laid, end of discussion. Peace out. <laughs> then I think Barney's like, I, th- I feel sorry for you. And he's like, peace out, hombre. So we get <laughs> another peace out, hombre. And then Shannon walks up and we get a good Barney says to her, suits. Yeah. And she like cuddles into him. She seems to really actually like him. It, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't that she kind of was looking for an excuse to get away. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really see. Yeah. We're jumping ahead a little bit. But yeah, we don't really see how. Or why she ends up kind of shifting away from that relationship, and she met a she met a guy with money. She let him get laid. End of discussion. I never mind. He explained it. What was I thinking? <laughs> they cut to Barney waiting out on the street, and she never shows. 
We're back at McLaren's. Barney pauses and Lily offers that somebody else. Oh, so Barney pauses in a story. He needs more from the group. Lily offers somebody else to tell a story or, you know, asks that somebody else tells a story. And Marshall pulls out a spin, a twister spin board. <laughs> and they ask him if he brought the game. And he says, yeah, we're not quitting just because Ted's so far ahead. <laughs> Ted's like, I was ahead? Yeah, Ted's confused. I was winning? <laughs> Now the spinner lands on Robin. She tries to tell her horse poo story, and they cut her off and say, we already know that one. It's a good—she probably has the best embarrassing story. Yeah, but it's no good if everybody but we already, already know knows it. it. Yeah. yeah. So Victoria— it's live, actually. <laughs> Victoria offers out her story. She volunteers. And again, Robin's face. Mm-hmm. Like, she really goes down on this one. As Victoria starts talking, she says it involves truth or dare— Squeeze bottle of marshmallow topping. Sorry, squeeze bottle of marshmallow topping. And the hot tub at her grandparents' retirement community. I think last time we recorded this, we tried to guess at what it could be, and we didn't. We just couldn't come up with anything even a little bit interesting. No. And it doesn't even sound like it was something that embarrassing that happened. It kind of sounded... Right. Maybe her... Maybe they couldn't think of it, so their excuse was just, we'll just have Ted say he can't tell them because we can't put this together ourselves. It's better if they don't, I think. Yeah. No, it's it's a good bit. I think it's fine, but, you know, obviously she was with people. I don't know why they were at her grandparents' retirement home. Maybe they got drunk and then snuck in to use the hot tub and got into truth or dare and licking marshmallow topping off of each other and then the grandparents walked out and caught them. That would be embarrassing. Yeah, but then why wouldn't Ted be able to tell that story? Like, he's told way worse stories. This has never happened to me, but, I mean, you've, everyone knows someone whose parents walked in on them having sex with their girlfriend or boyfriend at a young age. I feel like. I know someone. I can't think of anybody offhand, but I'm sure. (laughs) If that had happened to me, that would be my most embarrassing story. Thank mm. God it didn't. Yeah. Mama knew to, to respect the the tie on the door. Just Gross. Kidding. All right. Barney deems her... Oh, well, everyone's blown away by the story. Like, that's the greatest story I've ever heard. Right. And again, you know, Ted... Ted cops out, you know, he can't tell the kids this story, even though he tells them lots of inappropriate things. But for some reason, this one is off limits. So. Yeah, convenient for the plot. And yeah. Barney says, I deem your story, Victoria, I deem your offering worthy, which is a, sh- a shade of what becomes a later episode where Ted is at the rehearsal dinner for Barney and Robin's wedding. And he's, Spoiler. Tr- and he's trying to choose which maid of honor to hook up with. I, th- I think they were made of honors. And when he chooses one, a kind of ghostly knight appears and says, <laughs> you choose wisely or you chose poorly. I think it was always poorly in this case. But it was it was a takeoff of Indiana Jones 3, right. The Last Crusade, where they get into the... <laughs> Here's a spoiler. For those of you who haven't seen Indiana Jones 3, they go looking for the Holy Grail, and they're trying to get there before the Nazis, and they do. Or they get there at the same time as the Nazis. And they have to choose which cup is the Holy Grail and then drink out of it. And there's the knight there that has eternal life from drinking from the, whole, from the 
Holy Grail Cup and is telling the guy that when he chose, he chose poorly, and the guy dies. So this is all just kind of a copy off that. We're back at the coffee house, and Shannon's explaining to Barney that her dad, she didn't show because her dad won't let her go. She's still, he's still supporting her, and Barney protests, but the Nicaraguans still need us. <laughs> and even and, if this was the excuse, like, she couldn't even call and let him know. Right. Her story's full of holes. She urges Barney to go on without her and that her dad is coming. Barney leaves. I love the way he walks as this character. <laughs> he sort of swishes back and forth as though he's trying to make his ponytail go back and forth. <laughs> is that how all your friends walked in college? Yeah, I've seen people walk that way. <laughs> it, lo- it looked familiar. Um, he leaves, but then he's thinking, you know, he... he his inner monologue says she's a grown person. Why should her father be able to tell her what to do? And when he goes back into the coffee shop and sees her with someone that she's arguing with, who he believes is her dad, they start making out. Everyone yells, what? Bzz, drink. <laughs> Which is good. All right. So Barney takes another pause in the story. Lily offers up her most embarrassing story, which is, again... I, I I didn't think this one was that good. Just like Marshall's, it was okay. But she's on the phone with... You want to do it? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so Lily's story is that Marshall's mom had made them cookies, so she called to say thank you. And I like the little throwback where she's like, oh, mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is the main ingredient. <laughs> yeah, that's the secret ingredient in all the Erickson recipes. Uh, Marshall comes home and they... Trash the cookies and then decide to have sex on the floor since they're the only ones home. Um, and then, you know, the floor's cold, so grab that afghan that your mom made. Although before they even say the afghan, they already show that his mom's still on the line and listening. Right, and so apparently she stayed on the phone the whole time. Lily didn't the actually hang whole, up. The, eh, what did you say? The whole, whole time. Um, which, you know, bad on Marshall's mom. That's gross. Don't That's do that. That's weird. Yeah. Why would you do that? And then why would you admit to it later? Right. Yeah. There's nothing good. Can come there's from a lot that. of problems with this story, but <laughs> regardless, Barney accepts it and continues on with his story. Jen, do you have any embarrassing stories you'd like to share? I don't. Do I have any embarrassing stories? I'm sure I do, but I can't think of any. The only one that pops to my mind is in college once. We would sort of do challenges of, you know, see who can finish their beer faster. And it was with like three or four people, including some good-looking girls. And me and I think one of the girls actually were trying to race to the bottom of the cup. I really threw it back. Like, you know, I, I just opened up my throat and just down it went. And was sort of feeling victorious. And then all of a sudden, it sort of came back up a little bit, but I kind of caught it. But I still went, and like just sprayed everybody with like Coke spray, with beer spray. And everyone's like, I just had to turn around and walk away. (laughs) I just, it was a party across the parking lot from my townhouse in college. And uh, I just walked back and went home. (laughs) There was no reason for me to stay at that party any longer. Gross. I deem your offer worthy. Continue. <laughs> okay. So Barney continues. Shannon, Shannon notices that Barney came in, and he's you know completely 
grossed out by all this. And she tells him that, you know, she that's not her dad. That's Greg, who she is dating now. He has a boat, apparently. He buys her lots of cool stuff. And she kind of just hoped he would go to Nicaragua and they would avoid this whole conversation, which is so shitty of her, but really funny. Yeah. She gets hers, sort of. So then Barney goes and records the video, and we still don't know that it's the guy from earlier. Shannon, so we've, we carry on later in the coffee shop on another day. Barney's working behind the counter. Right. Barney did not go to Nicaragua. Right. Thanks. Shannon comes in. In a and, suit. Yeah, in a suit. She's just collecting her last paycheck, and Barney asks if she saw his tape. And then Greg <laughs> comes in and says, oh, yeah, we both saw it. It was hilarious. And now comes, you know, the really embarrassing moment for Barney. And he realizes who Greg is. Yep, and puts it all together. The guy. The guy at the beginning. The guy in the suit. The guy that was so awful. Barney escapes desperately to the streets. He's in anguish. And then finds a flyer for $99 suits. And it says, suit up. Yeah, there we go. Another origin story. And... I like this music that plays in the background. Yeah, it starts this sort of grooming montage that I think it's supposed to be, you know, it reminds me of a movie disguise sequence in the movie The Line of Fire, where John Malkovich is transforming into uh, somebody that he's going to be disguised as so he can assassinate the president. And it kind of does the same thing where it's like, at first there's facial hair now and a different hair, and now his glasses, and he put on a putty nose... So I think this is sort of my, this is homage to that, in my opinion. Yeah, he gets all suited up, and he gives a little wink to the camera, and he's back to the Barney we know and love. And he's got a hairstylist now, cuts the ponytail, or he cuts it, actually. And then he says the story's not over, but he needs one last story to give more. And says it's Ted's turn. Ted mentions some green testicle, testicle story about... In college, about someone with a so lo- an odd toenail or an oddly sharp toenail, but Barney won't have it. Barney only has one story in mind. This whole evening has been leading up to him getting the re-return story out of out of Ted, which is basically at the end of the first episode. What would have happened after the credits was Ted and Barney and. Ranjit. Ranjit going back to Robin's place so he could try and do another goodnight kiss. Well, first they drink a lot at McLaren's. Yes, and get he's very drunk. Very, very, very drunk. And then he decides that he's going to go back and get and the kiss. And then just ends up puking on her front stoop, her, on her Sherbatsky mat. <laughs> her and then running Sherbatsky away. Mat. And, and then Marshall is incensed that Ted is not vomit-free since 93. Yeah, he actually brought that up on the... Oh, no. I think that hasn't... Have we done the pineapple? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we did it, but I, just, I, I like Marshall's reaction to this. Like, he's so mad. Yeah, Chris <laughs> sort of didn't tell him this. Awkward moment. Well, I'm sorry. So, before he gets into that, Ted does say to Victoria, I haven't told you this, but I had a thing for Robin, and we went out, and I, then he tells her that he, you know, the premature I love you and all that. And then after... They're done telling that story. She's like, yeah, that kind of sucks. And everyone's quiet. And Barney goes, well, Ted, you were right. You shouldn't have told that story, which I thought was a good one. Yeah, so good. Barney knew exactly what he was doing. It's funny. 
So they asked Barney, okay, so what's the last piece of this? Uh, when was the last time you saw her? He said, tonight, actually. He tracked her down. She opens the door and recognizes him after a moment. And he tells her that what happened changed him. And then he gets kind of sentimental mm-hmm. and says, you know, she's a mom now. She has a kid named Max. And it starts to sound, you know, a little morose. A little wistful. About her life versus his. and What does he have? Money in the bank, suits in the closet, a string of one-night stands. And he kind sort of, like, puts his head down. Yeah, fools the gang into thinking that he's regretful, but then he says his life is awesome. <laughs> no. Okay. And... He said, plus, here's the, what is it, the cherry on top of the... The mini cherry on top of the cherry on top of the Sunday that <laughs> is his life. <laughs> he nailed her. And Lily's and, not buying it, Lily. Well, well, first, when he says he nailed her, that was actually the term that Greg used earlier oh, in the yeah. episode. Oh, so he's sort of become Greg, if you will. Right. And yeah, you're right. Lily doesn't buy it. And Lily does a good job of selling this of, nope, Sorry. That right. didn't happen. Right. No, you, you know, you had a moment of self-doubt, and now you're trying to, like, redeem yourself by saying that you slept with her, and then he pulls out his camera phone. Yeah, shows her that his video evidence. And then I like his, we, we, I don't always love all his masculinity shaming moments, but he stands up, he goes, ladies, gentlemen, Ted. <laughs> Just walks out. Yeah. Oh, no, he grin. does, no, he um, reiterates all the ways that he won tonight, he got great dirt on everybody. He got Ted to tell the re-return. He nailed Shannon, and he rediscovered how awesomely awesome his life is. And he does a good peace out, hombres. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Marshall's line here is, I think Barney just won game night. Right. And then, I don't know if you stuck around for it, but they had a whole bunch of things after yeah. that that I've never seen before. Yeah. Hulu version had some... It's kind of like an after scene where... They show a shot of Victoria leaving fake vomit. She left fake vomit out on Ted's door. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like now I re-return to you mm-hmm. kind of connection. Um, Barney's back at the bar, and he's using that. The moment you turn around, I bet I say, wow, line on some girl that we don't see it through to completion. And Robin opens her door to see there's a new Shcherbatsky mat. yeah. That got replaced, so. And Lily brings Marshall a picture that the kids drew. Of him with of, a funny butt. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, I didn't love that joke, but there was a picture of him with a butt, which that was kind of funny. What would you say is your favorite joke of the night? I can't. There are too many. Oh, God, you are the worst. You know what? You know what's funny is you were trying to get Tyler to tell you, like, what his favorite book... <laughs> there was something you were trying to say, what's your favorite out of, and he couldn't do it, and you, like, got upset with him, and I was thinking... Upset should I bring up that she does this a lot now at, uh, on the podcast, that she can't name her favorite? It's impossible to name a favorite in an episode this good. Okay, so I cheated a little bit myself, and I... Yeah, too many good lines that were a huge tie, but just the best joke was Barney's look. I'm just going to claim that as the best joke was just what they yeah. made him look like. Uh, do you have any worst jokes? Probably the funny butt. Okay. Yeah, I didn't care for that one that much. And mine was probably his tirade against backgammon. Wow. <laughs> I didn't think it was all that great. Um, I did want to recap a quick story that I read when I read Barney's, not Barney's, Neil Patrick Harris's memoirs. Mm-hmm. And 
I remembered this story the other day because Scott Kahn, you know, the actor Scott Kahn? Yeah. I saw him in something that it just, like, the connection reminded me of this story uh, where this is back when NPH was still dating women. Oh. And he was never, ever attracted to them, but he just wasn't ready to kind of live the gay lifestyle, even though he started, I think at this point he started to have a few, like, secret trysts with men, but wasn't openly dating or even actively dating men. At any rate, so he was going out with, like, Vidal Sassoon's daughter on a date at a club. And either she was the former girlfriend of or was someone who Scott Kahn had a crush on. And so everyone was saying, that, like, Scott telling NPH that Scott Kahn was waiting outside for him to fight him. <laughs> really? Yeah, and so NPH has no intention of fighting anybody. He doesn't know how to fight, doesn't want to fight anybody. <laughs> and he goes outside to kind of, like, hopefully he can just kind of cool things off and Scott Kahn like has all his boys with him and comes up and starts saying to the, something to the effect of never mess with the west side you never mess with the west side and apparently that was like his I'm using finger quotes his gang's name the west side boys or something wow and kept repeating it and like rocking back and forth I, I, this is probably his most embarrassing story. Scott Kahn's? Yeah, this is awful. I would love to hear a response from Scott Kahn. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I was an idiot. <laughs> Scott Kahn, I, I enjoy him in the roles he plays, but you can kind of tell he, he seems like a bit of an asshat. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully he doesn't listen. <laughs> I don't want to mess with the West Side boys. <laughs> Next episode, we have the cupcake. Or just cupcake. I think it's just cupcake. And it's got some good moments. And I think I will finally release my top ten favorite desserts of all time I mean, as a special ranking list. On bated breath, everybody awaits. All right. With that, Jen and I are off to play a game of Runk Gammon. <laughs> so we'll talk to everybody next week. Happy New Year once again. Oh, it's my turn, isn't it? What? For all of our, our pluggables. things. All of our pluggables. You can find us at RunkleRecaps.com, on Twitter at RunkleRecaps, on Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore, and RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Reach out, let us know what you're thinking, um, leave us a review or a rating, and see y'all next week. Yeah, we're going to go revenge nail our axes. So peace out, hombres. Peace out, hombres.